Hello and welcome back to It's Your Money, the Mayor Brownsword podcast, where we look at the world of money and savings without fear, favour, bias, or in my case, knowledge. I'm Andrew Harrison and I'm here with Andy Mayer. Hello, Andy. How are you today? I'm good on a lovely day like this. I'm really well. It's baking hot. Yeah, it is. It's actually brutal, but it's lovely. I can hardly concentrate. So you're going to have to do all the thinking this week. We did reasons to be cheerful last week, reasons to kind of look up to what's happening with the economy. And it's been a very fast moving week. Are you still as cheerful as you were seven days? I think there's that you either your glass is either half full or half empty. So we have to be sort of resourceful and happy. Let's face it, most people are happy that the pubs are going to be opening soon. So that's one reason to be cheerful. The pubs are going to be open, but are we going to go to them is the question. Have we got fear of going out? I think that's a real big question, whether people will actually turn up to a pub, whether they'll actually want to go into a pub. And I think this fear factor will influence society's decisions for a number of years. Well, we're halfway through the year and we thought this week we'd do a half-time report. Yeah. You know, get the oranges out, throw the teacups <laughs> at the wall, change the tactics and all the rest of it. But first, before we get into that... What about Rishi Sunak and and the public finances? This is one that keeps coming back and came back this week. He spent a fortune to keep the economy intact. But now that we're unlocking this talk of higher taxes and indeed a summer statement next month, which may bring those things in, what what do you think is going to happen? I think that's possibly the most interesting question that anyone could ask, because if you think about this, we've now got a bigger debt than GDP. He spent a fortune trying to keep the economy going. But what is interesting is there was a an article done recently on Cameron and Osborne's austerity measures. And it's believed that Boris Johnson, one of the reasons he removed the previous chancellor to replace him with Sunak is that the fact that he thought Javid would be too tight fisted fiscally. So Sunak obviously hasn't been. And I, and I think they won't increase taxes that we see as direct taxes. Maybe there'll be something on that. I genuinely think, that the triple lock on state pensions will have to go. And controversially, it would be a very, very good time for a government and people who are friends of mine, and I was an ex-teacher, will not like me for saying this, but people who are in the NHS, in teachers, in civil servants, the final salary, the career average earnings now needs to be seriously looked at. Because we, uh, we're we going to find it too uh, hard to, to afford. It, yeah, it is. And I think if he suddenly... If we look at, say, a 10 to 15% unemployment rate and then taxes go up for the people left working, that's going to actually stop them spending. I think he might have to reduce taxes in the short period just to get the country going. I think if you suddenly start telling people they're going to pay more taxes, people will actually go to cash. And I think that's the last thing he wants them to do. Yeah. So there's been talk that uh, in order to you know, give the economy a, a bit of a kickstart about a temporary VAT cut, which we saw of, we saw a very temporary one in the 2008 financial crisis, didn't we? Do you think that's likely again? I think he's been very resourceful. So something like that for a three-month period to kickstart the economy, I think maybe reduce VAT on fuel or fuel duty to get people travelling again. I think it's going to take some great minds and some great thinking because it doesn't matter what you do in the short term. We, if as a financial advisor, if someone said to me, I've got six months rainy day money, but I want to go out and spend it, I would be telling them to hold on to the six months rainy day money because brutally honest, none of us know how people's jobs are going to work out. And yeah. it's all well and good him saying we want you to spend. If you're financially distressed, is your job going to be there? Are you in an industry that's reliant on commissions and bonuses that might not appear? People are mm. going to go and hold into cash because 
they will worry that there'll be nothing left if they go and spend it all on new TVs, new kitchens, and then they lose their job. The other end of stimulus, of course, they were talking at the start of the week about more capital spending, more apprenticeships, and the, this phrase shovel ready kept <laughs> popping up. Shovel ready. Do you think we're likely to see, you know, big spending rather than kind of, you know, attempting to speed up the consumer economy that we'd see almost sort of American WPA style projects? I would love us to see an American style WA project where you could look at the country. And and when Johnson got elected, he did talk about this Liverpool to Leeds, Liverpool to Sheffield railway line, which when you've traveled across the Northwest is tremendously difficult. You could look at trying to create apprenticeships. You could get manufacturing back on the ground and you could look at, I don't think the country's big enough for self-sustaining farming, but you could look at a farming project that would help to cure a lot of the evils of food shortages and necessarily importing food. So I I would like us to go down that infrastructure route of a WPA, a Roosevelt style, let's get the country back on its feet and spend some money. It's certainly quite Johnsonian, isn't it? He likes big building projects, even if they don't happen, like that ridiculous (laughs) bridge in London. He he, he likes to think about these things. I think he's got this big picture. And I think if you're going to come out of a situation like this, you've got to think differently. And I think there are things that we could employ people for that if you asked a lot of the British public, there are things they'd probably like, probably shelters for the homeless. We were unable to create homeless shelters, yet COVID arrives and suddenly people are off the streets because councils were able to get them. We weren't able to have enough hospital projects. And then the Mm. Nightingale hospitals went up within a month. So I think it needs an all cross party looking at what would make this country better socially and economically. And then a, a Roosevelt style government backed project would be amazing it could actually transform the country Mm. well i think we'll probably be returning to rishi sunak spending review at some point in these podcasts won't we that's the plan yeah the next one should be straight after the summer forecast but in the meantime let's get on with that half-term report that we talked about this has been certainly the weirdest year of my life (laughs) and i'm quite old We started with the government supposedly about to invest in the North, get Brexit done, and then it had to put the economy into a coma for the first time really in history. You know, so we talk about the first six months of the year, it's really two, three month periods, isn't it? What was the state of the economy in January? Was it looking good in January before this this black swan arrived? Bizarrely, the, the UK economy, we'd got relatively full employment. The economic prospects for the UK looked good, regardless of what people felt about Brexit. Most of the commentators felt the the FTSE and some of the companies were going to have a very good year. And then suddenly, obviously, there's going to be pockets of the industry struggle when Brexit was about to happen because it would affect some areas better than others. And then COVID hit and literally it was an overnight meltdown. So I think it's a, it's a really difficult for companies and individuals, I always start New Year with a set of goals, some things I want to achieve personally and work-wise, and then you get to March the 20th with lockdown and you need to scrap them all and start all over again probably on July the 1st. <laughs> I mean, what, what were you expecting was likely to happen this year and has any of it survived? I mean, you know, Because there, there are fundamentals to certain industries. When I, I did a, a podcast for uh, one, of, one of our various podcasts that we make with a chap who works in the live music industry, which is obviously in a terrible state because it's had to stop stone dead. But he was saying that actually, when you look at it, the fundamentals of their business are really good. And he expects there to be a relatively rapid return to, uh, you know, to, to, to good business because the customers are young, they're free spenders, and 
actually there's a there is a, a great infrastructure around for, for the live music business do you think there are things that were looking good in january that could actually bounce back pretty well yeah i think there will be some things that will bounce back <laughs> my 15 year old son was off to wireless uh, i think next weekend and my daughter was due to go to glastonbury well i should be at glastonbury right now and instead i'm still sitting here stuck, <laughs> stuck talking to you so don't talk to me about that <laughs> <laughs> I think you've definitely come off this worse out of the two of us on this one. <laughs> yeah, so Molly was meant to be there. Tom was meant to be at Wireless, and they're devastated. There are certain industries that are going to come out of this very quickly. So I think once you can get live music festivals, the teenagers, the young people will throw themselves back into it. Mm. Whether live sport can come back as quickly, whether you're going to get 60,000 people at Celtic Park again for a while, I don't know. Whether you're going to get people it's a bit like the travel industry will if you're offered a chance to travel in august and you've got to wear a face mask on a plane will people take the risk of going to spain or italy will their employers be happy will the government get rid of the two-week quarantine there are there are going to be some industries that will take longer some companies i've met one uh, one of my friends runs a company and they literally on the monday night decided on i think it was the 20th they were going to work from home they were working from home. So technology companies will come out of this very well, but there will be certain sectors which are going to take time. Now, as you mentioned, in the course of this strange six-month period, we've seen UK debt rise to exceed the size of the entire economy for the first time since 1963. It's now $1.94 And I don't even know what a trillion is. I don't know whether it's a million million or a thousand million. It's just such a vast figure. It's difficult to comprehend. Give us, explain it to me, Andy. What does this mean? Are we technically bankrupt? Yes. If, bizarrely, if you were a business and you went into a bank and said, this is my debt and this is my assets, they would declare you insolvent. However, a government can collect money through collection of national savings, premium bonds, for example, when people save. They will know there are going to be certain revenues coming in through taxes in terms of the tax that we all pay on our salary. There'll be taxes coming in on corporation tax. So whilst it's technically insolvent, it, there is a way around it. It's not like a badly run business which mm. cannot go and get leverage. The governments can borrow. The other great news about this, and there's no, the only other way to look at this, right, and it is great news, every other country is in debt as well. It's not like it's UK PLC can't borrow. Yes. So everyone who owe all the governments owe each other money. So the fundamentally good bit is no one's going to be calling it in because no one's got anything. Right. Okay. So what to explain to me what that means for, you know, Mayor Brown's clients, what, what does this situation mean for us? In terms of putting money in a bank, Marcus, which was a bank set up by uh, Morgan Stanley, have had to stop deposits because they're offering 1%. I think you're going to see very, very little amount of interest on savings. You're going to see government guilt pay very little return because there's no appetite for anyone to buy them. And what you're going to see is that certain things that certain sectors that people didn't want to invest in or felt nervous about. In 2008, people used to be getting 5% in a bank. And then the interest rate went down to half percent and people found ways of finding other areas to invest the money. And so people would go to low risk investments, things like the a prudence, the prudential bond. And it returned over a decade, three and a half percent net for a low risk fund people would look at that and go, they would never have invested 
they'd left it in a bank. So people are going to have to be slightly more adventurous, look at stocks and shares, ISIS, look at equity markets, look at open-ended investors, and maybe put their money in areas that they didn't previously think. But it still goes back to the same rule. Get to six months of savings as a minimum, because nobody knows how this will unfold. But it is going to make being creative a bigger demand for people like myself and people will have to step out their comfort zones slightly more. One big looming thing for the previous six months, we thought, was Brexit. So Britain left the EU on the 31st of January. Yes, we're back on Brexit. There's no sign of a deal as yet. Do you think the effects of no deal can kind of be hidden in the ill effects of COVID? Like, you know, when you need to give a dog a pill and you wrap it in a bit of bacon? Yeah, I think we could call this the BBC episode, Brexit, Boris and COVID. When you sort of, when you look at Brexit, it's bizarrely, people started the new year terrified of Brexit. Would it get done? What was the implications? And it's actually been forgotten about to a greater or lesser extent. I think something has to be done, whether we leave with a deal or no deal, because one thing people don't like and markets don't like is uncertainty. And when companies are looking at uncertainty, they might be looking at a 5 to 10% reduction in staff. What we don't want is people going, I've no idea what's going on. I'll reduce staffing by 10 to 20% because I don't know if we're going to have a deal, if we're going to leave or not. And I think the government does need and the EU some clarity because this is uncharted territory. And what we don't want for anybody listening and anybody involved in any sector is any greater uncertainty than what we're facing at the moment. So let's look ahead to the next six months then. If it's at all possible, if this can be done, staring through the misty crystal ball, uh, (laughs) you know, things are unlocking now. Pubs are going to be open on the 4th of July. Other hospitality places are going to be open, although swimming pools and theatres aren't going to. It's it's, it's kind of odd. And schools aren't going to be either. Um, From an economic, and again, from from a client point of view, from an investment point of view, what are the things to look out for? What are the things that will make you think, we're heading in the right direction here. And what are the alarm bells that we should be listening for? I think what we need to keep an eye on is we need to look at the jobless totals, mm. how they're raising and what new jobs are being created. Because whilst there'll be people losing their jobs, if industry, certain new industries are creating new jobs, that's an, a promising factor. We need to keep an eye on inflation. We actually want inflation. We don't want deflation. That would cause some real other issues. We need to keep an eye on where is, so we've talked in the past podcasts about whether we'd have a W. So if you look at, say, the UK FTSE 100, let's call it at 6,000 to 6,500. Mm-hmm. If you then start saying that is dropping down below 5,655,54, suddenly that looks like this W we were talking about where the markets have picked up very quickly, then there's a sudden dramatic drop. Whereas at the moment, it's looking like it would be a very quick recovery, which they would call a V or a slower recovery, but still upwards a U. If you start seeing the FTSE below 5.5, there would be some issues to look at. But I think it's the jobless total and the jobs created, which will be fascinating and where inflation heads. That would be a massive of interest to all of us. And I think the summer statement will be a massive point in economic forecasting for the next sort of 12 months if he comes out of this with some stuff that the market's like and there is bizarrely confidence 
that will give us a massive boost. If people come out of this and go, this isn't going to work, there'll be real fear spread. And it's a bit like the first question. The pubs can be open, but do people want to go? Yeah. This is about a, com a government spreading confidence across the markets and across every sector that they can. You just mentioned that we need inflation. And when you're a saver, inflation puts the fear of God into you. In fact, you have to be quite old to remember what inflation was like, don't you? you get, if you're in your 20s, <laughs> yeah. you have no conception of what inflation is. So, what you know, A, why do we need it? And what kind of level is, is the, the correct level? Obviously, none of us want us to see mad 70s inflation no. because it destroys savings. But what, what what's the, the appropriate level? beyond which we start to suffer far, you know in either direction we suffer harms to the economy yeah i think if you can there was a target by the central bank the european central bank at around two percent for the next decade uh, in 2010 and that sort of mapped out if we can keep inflation and inflation is what the cost of goods are but it, it's really important that you get inflation in terms of cost of goods and we get wage inflation so what happened when we had the global financial crisis Whilst we had inflation, certain sectors of the in, of uh, the world the economy, sorry, didn't get any pay rises. So they had negative inflation in terms of their pay rises. So it's important that we see inflation that's probably around two, two and a half percent, but also that we don't go back to this era of not paying people because it meant they were worse off in real terms. And what we also don't want is where Japan had a decade of negative deflation hmm. and it was an absolute economic disaster for them people would not spend money mm. and they didn't invest it anywhere so i think if we can keep inflation between one and three percent you don't want it going any higher because i remember buying a house in uh, the time of the late 80s and my mortgage rate went from 11 percent to 15 percent in three months and 11 percent was expensive yeah but it's really important for people to understand that whilst the interest rate on my mortgage was 15%, pay rises were six and seven. So it's they are linked. But it, I would like to see this government not go through an inflationary period. I'd rather than they got inflation at 2% around there. It's easier to manage the other problems that way, I believe. Something that I'm sort of... You know, it's, I don't even, even know if it's like, likely or not, but we've become so used to being an on-demand consumer society, you know, with food of any kind <laughs> yeah. and drink of any kind and travel on a whim and credit easily available this has been the world that we've lived in for 30 years do you think a combination of the the coronavirus recession mass unemployment and possibly what happens with brexit means we're going to have to get used to fewer consumer goods and fewer options like that i think the way consumers spend their money will change i think you will suddenly find if you look at amazon they're making a fortune because everyone's getting everyone delivered I personally don't like food shopping, but I like food. <laughs> but, I, but I would rather it now could be dropped off at my door. I think there will be a definite change in consumer spending. And again, it's this, if the government turned around and said, now you can go on holiday anywhere you want from the 1st of August. There are swat, uh, there's people I've spoken to are going, oh, I'll definitely go. And people are going, don't want to leave. Yeah. This is the whole thing. It's this confidence around every sector and certain people will have lost confidence because they haven't been outside for three months they will have lost confidence in their ability to socialize and will also lose confidence in our ability to get through the next two years because i think it's really important to understand that whilst the lockdown is easing the government have said if there is a big spike they'll either regionally lock down or go back 
bring back measures for closing certain industries. So it doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet. And I think there is a nervousness around people in terms of spending money. And there is a nervousness around people still with their jobs. Will their jobs still be there at Christmas? Mm. Well, I suppose in, in in a period of the next six months, we're going to, we're going to find out, aren't we? Um, just to just to finish this this episode up, we've often heard this being described as a as a turning point, like nineteen forty five or nineteen seventy nine or nineteen twenty six. You know, where things weren't the same afterwards. So was that there was a new way of doing things? We're now what is it? 10 maybe 11 weeks into this lockdown do you think that's true do you think this is now we've 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 sort of crossed the rubicon and whatever happens in future won't be bringing the past back into being it's going to have to be something new yeah it is i think this is a reset so many of my friends um people we represent i've spoken to who used to travel into offices will never do it again yeah they'll work from home people will get rid of commercial properties people will replicate their office from their office in London to their office at home and they will replicate it and they will do teams meetings. I was speaking to an investment house today, Stella, and it's not the, not the one as the pub, the beer rather. They were talking about how they would be able to do virtual meetings with people like myself and my clients. And rather than dragging people into an office in London and when we're doing inheritance tax planning, you can have the family you're looking after, their two children, even if they lived in Adelaide, could be on the Zoom call to explain why the parents were doing this yeah. uh, plan. And I think things like this will change. I think travel will, for business, will be when you need to. You might still need to travel to look someone in the eye or you can't email a handshake. But I think a lot of other businesses will use technology as its friend. I do actually think even when pubs open, they'll have a, a dramatic increase in people going in in the first three months and then people will look back and go I'm spending five pound where I live on a pint four pound five pound a pint I can actually go and get a really nice bottle of wine for eight quid from the wine society and people will make consumer choices that will totally reset how we spend and how we live it's going to be fascinating well we'll be back later in the summer after Rishi Sunak's summer spending statement, won't we? We're going to kind of come back and assess him when he decides to bring his ideas forward. So do keep an eye out for the podcast. The best way to get the next edition of It's Your Money is to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. We're on all of them. That way it's going to pop up and remind you so you can get Andy's take on what Rishi Sunak comes up with. In the meantime, thanks for listening to this edition. Andy, I'm off for a socially distanced pint now. (laughs) Uh, from, a, from a far distance how about you what are you up to yeah i'm gonna have a nice glass of dry white wine it's been a long day and by the time we speak hopefully you'll have ended your long wait to be premier league champions and i wish you good luck on that fingers crossed well we've got crystal palace tonight and that was going to be the one that wrapped it up but of course we drew with everton so who knows i'm sure this time yeah, but we'll drag it out don't worry we'll make we'll make people wait for it andy good talking to you sir and you i'll talk to you soon cheers then bye bye <laughs>